Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets, and it is time once again to dust off the old library card, pack up your tote with your favorite drinks and snacks and your sunscreen and head out into the heat with a bag full of reading goodness because we are going to talk summer reading today. I am joined by our books and reading specialist, Katie Proctor. Hi, Katie. Hi, Meg. Happy summer. Happy summer. It is, as you are listening, it's Memorial Day weekend, so it's the official kickoff of summer. As Katie and I are recording, we're not quite there yet, but it is definitely heating up like it's summer where we are, right? Yes, it's quite warm and quite sunny. (laughs) Okay, Katie, scale of one to 10, how excited are you about summer reading season? Like in the scope of all of the reading that you do? Is 12 an option? Because (laughs) super excited. I've already gone through my shelves and like pulled out the things that I want and put them on the special shelf. (laughs) Like this is what I'm doing. That will probably change a lot. But (laughs) you have a special summer shelf. This is Mm -hmm. a new reading goal for all of us. I love that. I love that. Well, Katie and I for a while have really looked forward to putting together just a little summer reading overview. We are not here to do your in-depth comprehensive. No, no. There are plenty of people doing that. We can point you to some of those and maybe leave links in the show notes for some that we would love for you to check out. But we're just like, hey, these have been some good reads for us. These are some books that people are buzzing about. If you're ready to get your summer reading list going, we've got you all hooked up. We've done the research for you. We've got some really awesome titles to share. So that's what Katie and I are going to be doing today on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I'm so thrilled to tell you that you've come to the right place because Sorta Awesome is not just a podcast, it's also your community on the go. We would love to have you connect with us outside of your podcast app, in one of our social media communities. I'm going to point you guys over to the Sorta Awesome Hangout. Katie, we often talk about this, that there's two times of the year when the Hangout gets real busy with people coming in, especially for just some problem solving, some family life support. And those two times of the year are the holidays and summer break. And so... If you've never been a part of the Hangout before, or maybe you like took a break from Facebook, maybe an extended break from Facebook, maybe you haven't been there in a while, come on back to the Hangout because summer is a time when we get in there, we support each other with travel recommendations, with help me sort through this family dynamic that I don't know what to do. People will come in and be like, okay, we're hosting the whole family in a cabin for a week. We need this many (laughs) meals. Ready, set, go. Tell me what I'm cooking. Like, All kinds of things are covered in the Hangout. So 
I just want to say, if you are not a part of the Hangout, this is a great time of the year to come and join us. Katie, you're in there, you know. Yes. And my favorite things for the summer are like, what do I do with my kids and how do I organize them and how do I like have a functional summer without losing my mind at home? (laughs) So I love those conversations too. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. So please come and join us over there. We would love to have you. You can just search Sort of Awesome Hangout. And of course, that link is always in the show notes for you guys. Okay, so Katie and I have so much books and reading goodness for you guys. You know, we always do. I always look at our list. Katie sends me a little preview of what she's planning on talking about. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can kind of imagine like our timing, try to suss it out. And every single time, (laughs) we just end up having so many more words than I thought about books. I feel like that's okay. I think it's great. And I don't think we've had one complaint yet about how long our (laughs) books and reading episodes tend to be. So before we get to all of that, let's go ahead, Katie, and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever it is that is making life just a little bit more awesome right now, whether it is a book or a TV show, music, movie, podcast, product, recipes, apps, whatever's bringing the gold sparkle to your days right now. Katie, what do you have for us this week? Okay, so I'm going to sneak in a book here, which I know we're going to spend the rest of the time on books, but I realized after I made my list that I didn't include any middle grade books. And that's because over this summer, I don't want to read middle grade. Like I'm doing that all year. So I usually don't read a ton. But this one is coming out in just a few weeks. So there's kind of two things I want to talk about. Number one is Libro FM. I don't know if we've talked about this on here, but Libro FM is like an audible platform, but for independent bookstores. So you go on there. You can click like your independent bookstore and then a portion of your purchase goes to them. So it's like a way to support your independent bookstore without using Amazon if that's your thing. So okay, I love that. The cool thing about Libro is that you can sign up to be an educator or a librarian if that's your job or an influencer if you can prove that you have certain number of followers and you talk about books a lot and they will send you every month free advanced listening copies. So I just got signed up as a teacher (laughs) after money badgerings from friends, but I got the new book from Gary D. Schmidt, which I don't know if you've heard me talk about him before. Wednesday Wars and OK For Now are like two of my favorite, favorite, favorite middle grade books. And so when I opened my Libro app on May 1st and I saw that this book was in there, I literally squealed out loud and my husband was like, what is the actual matter with you? And I was like, listen, (laughs) I just got this book. Because I had pre-ordered it because I heard about it like a long time ago. So I listened right away and I have many things to say about it. So this book is called The Labors of Hercules Beale by Gary D. Schmidt. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of adjacent to Wednesday Wars and okay for now, but it's not historical fiction. So this is present time. It tells the story of Hercules. He's like a seventh grader and his brother's name is Achilles. You can kind of see a theme here, but their Mm -hmm. parents have recently passed away in like a sudden car accident. So Achilles is an adult brother. And he has mm-hmm. had to come home to take care of Hercules. And they live on their family's like nursery and they in Cape Cod. And so they're working with plants and all these things. And so Hercules actually ends up going to a new school. And he has this new homeroom teacher named Lieutenant Colonel Hupfer. And he is a hard, strict man, but like really tender too. And mm-hmm. he gives Hercules this assignment. He gives everybody a Greek mythology assignment. And it's Love personalized it. for them. So his mm-hmm. assignment is to go through the 12 labors of Hercules. And then Perfect. write about it, them. Yes. So he, you know, and so in the story, you get to hear what the 12 labors of Hercules are and then how each one kind of mirrors something that 
our Hercules has to deal with in life. Oh, I love it. And first of all, this is catnip because it's Greek mythology. I know. Adjacent. I was like, like, hello. No wonder you squealed with delight. I'm like, did he write this book for Katie Proctor he did. specifically? He did. This I, is I'm all convinced. of the things that you love. <laughs> I'm convinced that he did. And so this book is just lovely. And the way he writes is he makes you laugh in one second and literally sob in the next one. I think I cried like multiple times. The way that he tackles grief from like a seventh grader's perspective and how he struggles with it, but then how he triumphs over it sometimes and how it never really gets resolved because we don't resolve our grief, but it, you know, can lessen. And I just loved it so much. It's so good. It's so, so that's my awesome of the week. One of many points of connection for you and I is we both love Greek myth and we both love a Greek myth, sometimes a retelling, but sometimes just like it inspired by mm-hmm. Greek myth. I love this. It sounds amazing. Thank you it's for so bringing good. it to our attention. I'm so glad that you're a teacher influencer. Oh, speaking of influencer, I was going to say, you guys, if you don't already follow Katie on Instagram, she does Middle Grade Monday. She is a fantastic source because this is your day job also mm-hmm. teaching middle grade students, middle grade reading. You're a middle grade author. Mm -hmm. She is your go-to, if you don't mind my saying, Katie, for all things middle grade. So it's Katie Proctor Writes and Reads. Mm -hmm. Okay. I always have to double check and make sure. Is it Writes and Reads or Reads and Writes? Writes and Reads on Instagram, of course, we'll have a show note link for you to go do that. But that sounds fantastic. I love it. so good. Okay. My Awesome of the Week is also reading adjacent Mm. because I was kind of thinking of the same thing that you were thinking. You were like, oh, we don't have any middle grade on our list. I was thinking we don't have any children's books. But I do have a fantastic resource. If you do spend summer times reading to your kids, reading with your kids, if you do your library's summer reading program, which we're getting the flyer sent home now from Oklahoma City libraries about summer reading, I can't believe I haven't talked about this newsletter before, but I'm doing it now because the timing is perfect. So This is a newsletter on Substack from a woman named Sarah Miller. And the name of the newsletter is called Can We Read? And she's a mom Mm -hmm. who loves and is obsessed with, you could even say, children's literature. And so her kids are like eight and six now, I think. But when her little girl was three, she would just ask her mom all day long, can we read? Can we read? Which is how... My girl's word, that's how Nico is now. Reading mm-hmm. is his favorite thing oh, I to love do. It. And so Sarah has created this whole newsletter and there are tons of archives that you can go back to, but it's all focused on children's literature. It comes out twice a week, Tuesday and Wednesday mornings. And she has a couple of different things going on in here. So she will have her newsletter that she writes, like her portion of it. Sometimes she has a theme, sometimes there's no theme. She does a great job of highlighting books with just a few paragraphs, just enough to kind of give you the sense of what the book is about, who it would be great for, but you don't get bogged down like in lengthy Mm -hmm. reviews. She highlights if like the illustrations are particularly good. She does a fantastic job of creating and curating a diverse selection of books. And then she'll also have guest writers come in who specialize in one thing. So like, I think it was back in April. I'm looking at the archives right now. Yeah, in April, she featured somebody who came in and did children's audiobook recommendations for all ages. It was a guest post from Katie Wycliffe. Awesome. Yeah, so she brings in other people. Yes. 
she's just brilliant. She does all of this. Like her Substack is just kind of her passion project. You can subscribe and get more from her, but she just loves children's literature mm. so much and just out of the passion of her heart, just provides this for parents, for caregivers, for teachers. Um, oh my gosh, I'm getting a little teary just talking about it. You and I both just love, love, love books. And she really is like about creating a culture of literacy in the home, which I know is something that you and I both feel strongly mm -hmm. about. So again, the newsletter is called Can We Read? I will put a link in the show notes if you want to go check it out. You can go to the archives page and read a few editions to see if it's for you. But truly, if you are headed to the library this summer and you're like, okay, where do we even start? Sarah will hook you up with a whole list of titles where you can get started on that for your summer reading with your kids. Yeah. So is it picture books and like middle grade? It doesn't go up to YA or just middle grade? No, I would okay. say middle grade. It's really more babies, board books, toddler and like true children's literature. Okay. That sounds great. Yes. Okay. Katie and I have so much bookish goodness to get into. We are going to get to some summer picks just for you, curated just for you, awesomes, when we come right back. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. You guys know I have a complicated relationship with anti-aging products, and one big reason for that is that it's so hard to sort through what is legit in skincare and what is honestly just marketing hype. Well, our new sponsor, OneSkin, puts science and research first. OneSkin was founded by a team of four female PhD-level longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience. OneSkin set out to not just decrease the visible signs of aging, but to also treat the root causes of skin aging. When I opened my OneSkin face and eye topical supplements, I was astonished by how much scientific education and information they include. And honestly, some of it was a little over my head. But what wasn't complicated at all was seeing photo evidence of the incredible results that OneSkin has had for so many people. Now, I've just started using my OneSkin and I can't wait to share the results with y'all. The science behind OneSkin combines tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to create the world's most effective products to target skin aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. OneSkin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so that skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code AWESOME at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code AWESOME. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. Okay, we are back. And once again, I am really tickled to be joined today by Katie Proctor. I mean, Katie, any day that I get to sit down on microphone and see your beautiful face is a great day for me. I know. <laughs> well, same for me because this is my favorite thing to do. Oh, fun, 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 fun. Okay, let's get right into the list. In fact, you put together such a great list and you're like, you know what, let's start with highbrow, maybe more literary fiction. But it's not just any old literary fiction that you could pull off the shelf. I mean, you like really thought about what's good literary fiction that would be great for picking up this summer. What did you pick for us in that category? 
So I have two for this one, and I named the category literary books that make you feel things because (laughs) they will make you feel things. (laughs) But, you know, some people need to feel things over the summer, too. So the first one I picked is called Go as a River by Shelley Reed. Okay, this is a debut. I don't even understand how it's a debut because the writing is so good. The sense of place, you will just feel like you are there. And it's set in Colorado, so it's pretty close to me. And I've heard, you know, names been through some of the towns she talks about. And so it was really personally relevant to me. But this book takes place in the 1940s. And our main character's name is Victoria Nash. And her family runs a peach orchard, which is why it's kind of summery, right? Because when I think of summer, I think of peaches and I think of thousand percent all the things you can do with peaches. But her mom and I think another family member had passed away recently. So she's left on this farm with her dad her brother who has a lot of issues, and then an uncle who was injured in a war, but he's not really related to them. I don't really know how they got stuck with him. (laughs) He just is there and he's very cranky and horrible. So she is stuck in this house full of men. She does all the cooking. She does all the cleaning. She does all the things. And she's young. She's 17. Mm. And so she goes into town one day and she meets a boy named Will. And he is a native drifter, kid who is not welcome at all in their tiny Colorado town, as you can imagine, in the 1940s. She falls in love with him. Their relationship kind of snowballs all of these things that are happening. In the background of this, the town that she lives in, the government is trying to dam the river to turn the area into like a reservoir, like a lake. And so in that, they are buying up land. They're parceling out everything and getting people out of there because really the town is going to just be destroyed. And this is based on a true story of this town in Colorado. So we get to see her. It's kind of a coming of age story, but we see her grow up into this and what she has to make decisions that are tough in all kinds of areas. I don't want to say too much without spoiling it, but she has to make a lot of decisions about the family orchard and what she does with that. And then also things in her personal life. And so there are some hard things in this book, but really it's so redemptive and so beautiful. And the ending was one of those that, just comes full circle and made me hug it at the end. So that one is called Go as a River by Shelley Reed. And I loved it. If you tell me it's a hug it at the end book, Mm -hmm. I will fully be on board with that. I have not read this, but I've heard a lot of buzz around it. I think it's really resonating for people. I didn't know it was a debut, though. That's Mm -hmm. really remarkable. I love that. And I think the thing about literary fiction that maybe some of us readers might avoid it for is because you don't always get that redemptive quality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes literary fiction is kind of awful people doing awful things. And then that's forever. The book. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no, this one I would say definitely has a swing up and those are my favorite kinds. So if I'm Me recommending too. a literary fiction book to you, it's usually because there's some kind of swing up at the end. Love to hear that. Okay. And you have another one picked for us. And speaking of buzz. Mm, yes. Okay. So this one is You've seen it everywhere. It just won the Pulitzer Prize. It's called Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. And I know I have been a lifelong fan of Barbara Kingsolver, as many of us have. This book, I want to recommend it, but with a lot of caveats. So I want to go through that a little bit. I brought it because of the buzz, because it won the Pulitzer Prize. This is a big book. She absolutely deserves this prize for the writing. Her writing is phenomenal. I can't even fathom how good of a writer she is. Everything she writes is so good. This 
book, however, is not a book for everyone. It is really hard. So I think she sort of modeled it after David Copperfield, which I have not read. I'll be honest. That was one that I skipped <laughs> in my yeah. you know, college years. But it follows a story of a boy named Demon Copperhead. We meet him when he's a child. He's in and out of foster care. They live in Appalachia somewhere. And so you can imagine some of the foster care placements are fine-ish and some of them are horrible. And he's got this one constant friend, but he was being raised by his grandparents and they can't take him in even though they want to. So there's a revolving door of social workers and foster families and foster siblings and all of these things. Plus, he is deep in the area where there's a huge opioid crisis in the United States. So Mm. he goes through a lot of that. I will say probably 95% of this book is hard. Oh, gosh. I want to say that there's like the tiniest bit of like a swing up at the end where you can leave the book feeling a little bit hopeful, but it takes a long time to get there. There is a lot of drug abuse. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of mental health, all the trigger things that you can think of. But it is a beautiful book and the writing is beautiful. So if you are a person who's like, I can handle sad, I can handle this while I'm sitting on the beach or wherever. It's really worth a while read, but it is tough. So I wanted to say those things about it. Thank you for all of the caveats. This is not a book for me. (laughs) I don't think so. In fact, I told my mom that she should probably stop reading it because I gave it to her. She loves Barbara King Solver, but she was like, I'm only like 40 pages. And I was like, mom, stop, stop reading this book. Put it away. And she listened because I don't think she would have made it. This would be difficult for me. I'm going Mm -hmm. to avoid it, but I'm so glad you brought it because winning the Pulitzer with it just being like so talked about, if you are a person who, like you said, can handle the weightier topics and to read about them with such mastery that Barbara Kingsolver brings to the writing, Mm -hmm. I think it's an important book to at least have on your radar. And it will probably be talked about in literary circles for a while. So absolutely. Inside scoop on that one, (laughs) for sure. Okay, so we got the weighty reads Mm -hmm. out of the way. What else do you have for us? Maybe we can lighten the tone a little bit. So my next category was nonfiction on the lighter side. So these are books that you can read on the beach. These are books that you can take in small chunks. They're not going to require a ton of brain space, but they are going to add so much to your sense of life. And so I picked these two because I love them. I just finished the first one last night and knew I had to put on this list. It is called Enchantment by Catherine May. And she wrote Wintering. I don't know if we talked about Wintering. I don't know if we've talked about it directly. I can't remember. Yeah, that one was more about resting, like taking the winter to rest. She talked about animals hibernating and the Aurora Borealis and all kinds of things winter related. This one is different. She organizes it by the elements of the earth. So we have an earth, water, a fire, and an air section. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love how she organized it. And each one has four little chapters about each element, basically. And she does talk a lot about the pandemic. I do want to say that in case there are some people who are just not ready (laughs) to handle the pandemic. But I swear there were pieces of this where I felt like she had been inside my brain. There was a part where she talks about getting to her nighttime skin routine and washing her face and being like, didn't I just do this Mm. five seconds ago? And I feel that so hard sometimes. Like, Okay, I'm doing this thing. I love my skincare routine, probably because of you. But I mean, <laughs> sometimes I feel like I just did this. Why am I yes. here again? <laughs> you know? And so she talks about anxiety. She talks about how we kind of lost parts of ourselves throughout the pandemic. It's not all pandemic yeah. related, 
But she talks about her writing habits changed. She talks about how her reading habits changed. All kinds of great things about this. And then the main point of the book is to just wonder and notice and be outside and take the things that we take for granted and just notice them and make them magical because they're there and we can see them, you know. So this one, I just loved it. I think it kind of healed a lot about me and my feelings about being in a pandemic. So I really recommend this one. I have heard such good things about this one. And I think that that whole concept of just wonder and how we've lost it in Mm -hmm. this modern era, and then for her to come in and help us get back in touch with it. I'm all for that, for sure. Yeah, I loved it. And then the second one I brought is The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs by Laura Tremaine. Not only is the cover of this one like made for summer, it's pink and stripy and just fun. This book, I think it doesn't need an introduction because we've talked about it a lot, but it's so, so good. So I wanted to bring it so that we just reiterate that. If you haven't read this one yet, you need to. Yes. It's so fun to read with a friend too. I would suggest grab a friend, grab two copies of the book, read through it together. Katie Cobb and I did this one together and we had so much fun like recounting our childhood friendships to each other because we only met as adults. So we don't have the full background of our childhood. So it was really fun to be like, hey, yes. I want to tell you about this one time and this one friend, not just the fun things, but you know, the hurtful ones too. And like this happened in middle school or this happened to me as a brand new teacher. So we got to share those stories with each other. It made me appreciate all the different people in my life. Yes. Even putting them in categories, but not as a way to label anybody, but which Laura doesn't say to do, but just to yeah. appreciate, like I have this person and they do this for me and I do this for them. And just being able to reflect on that was really great. So I loved it. I do. I think this would be such a great summer read with a friend. And I think, I hope that people read the title. I'm only mentioning this because I've seen it in comments on Laura's social media, people being like, wait, you're telling me I'm supposed to have 10 friends. I can't even actively <laughs> find one or two good friends right, right. now. And I just really want to reiterate as Laura has often, that this is more about a celebration of friendship in different seasons of life over time. Like you were saying, I haven't taught in 20 years, but I still think about how important those friendships were with other teachers that were Mm -hmm. on my hall when I was teaching. Those were not lasting lifelong friendships, but when I was in it, in the thick of it, absolutely, they were so important. So it's more about looking at friendship as a broad expanse of people who sometimes come in and out of our lives. Maybe there's one who's there consistently, but it's not at all about being like, you don't have 10 friends right now on your life council. Well, you got some catching up to do. Like, no, that is not the thing with that book. (laughs) It's kind of like a memoir, but also Mm -hmm. a guidebook because I love the examples that she showed because they made me think of other things and other people in my life that were like, oh, you know, this kind of similar situation happened to me or I had a similar person that was like this. And so I think it's a good one. I do think that she didn't want it to be prescriptive. Like you have to do this and you have to do this. And if you don't have this person, then you're going to be in trouble forever. So I do agree with you that that is not the tone of this book. The tone of the book is to celebrate friendship and to reflect on it. And I loved it. Yes. Oh, good. I'm so glad you liked it too. It's a really good book. And then I think you have one that was fiction that was just for fun, right? Oh, yes. Yes. I have a pure fun. Are we pure fun? Yes. Pure fun. This one is called The Mostly True Story of Tanner and Louise by Colleen Oakley. 
and it is a blue cover. It's got two ladies driving off in a car. So you can kind of get into yes. the Thelma and Louise headspace here. Yes, that is the vibe. I love it. Yes. So the setup is that Louise is an older woman. Her adult kids have decided that she needs a roommate, not necessarily like a nurse caretaker, but someone to drive her to her appointments, someone to drive her to her bridge games or bingo or whatever she does. And so they find this 20 something year old girl named Tanner, which I had a hard time with because Tanner for me is more like a boy's name. So I had to get used for to sure. Tanner's a girl. But she had an injury, and so she's recently lost her soccer scholarship at soccer. So she's kind of in this, I don't want to do anything kind of phase. And Louise does not want to have a 20-something in her house that she feels like she has to parent anymore. She's like, I've been there and done that. I don't want to do this. So their relationship is a little rocky at first. But then there's kind of a lot of intrigue in here. So Louise gets a mysterious phone call. Tanner sees an age progressed photo of someone who was involved in like a jewelry heist and the FBI are looking for her. And in the middle of the night, Louise is like, we got to go. Can you drive me across country to see this friend? And Tanner says, sure. And they get in this mint green Jaguar and take off into the sunset, basically. (laughs) And so it's an adventure story, but really it's so much about their relationship and how they relate to each other, even though they have decades between them in age. It's fun. You do have to suspend a little bit of belief here. Like, have you read Finley Donovan is killing it? Yes. So it's a little bit like that. I mean, there are some ridiculous things that go on. There are not any dead bodies like in Finley. (laughs) Yes. But there is so much fun here. And it's just one of those feel good kind of heartwarming things, but it keeps you reading because you want to find out. There's like intrigue all the way through. You want to find out the story. Yeah. So it was really, really fun. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And speaking of Finley Donovan, if you guys haven't read that, it's been out for a few years and there's a follow-up book to it as there's well. There's three. There's three now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Indulge yourself in the whole series this summer because those are super fun too. And mm-hmm. definitely page turners. In fact, I would say if you're thinking like, oh, if I haven't been in the mood for reading in a while, I've been kind of stuck. Those are great ones to pick up because you just get right into the action. But this one yeah. sounds like a definite read alike. As yes. Well. Yes. It was fun. I really liked it. I gave it to my mom and she's reading it now, too. So it's a sweet oh, good. One. OK, we have covered some more serious ones. We've covered some more lighthearted ones. But you guys, we've got so much more great book talk. We've got your young adult selections. We've got some romance selections. And I'm going to tell you what's buzzing over on Book Talk. If you want to pick up a book and have your teen be like, um, how did you hear about that book? <laughs> <laughs> then I will hook you up with the Book Talk selections for the summer for sure. And we're going to get to all of those when we come right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Awesomes, maybe you did some cleaning up, some cleaning out, some freshening up around your house in the past few weeks. 
maybe you noticed it's time to level up what you've got working for you in the kitchen. And that is why this is the perfect time to check out Caraway. Caraway has thoughtfully designed cooking sets and complimentary storage, which makes getting and staying organized easier than ever. And right now you can save 10% off of the full suite of Caraway products from their internet famous cookware to their newly launched food storage set. Caraway's High quality ceramic coated kitchenware is free of PTFE such as Teflon, lead, cadmium, and other toxic materials. We are checking out Caraway's very famous and much beloved saute pan. We went with the very modern chic shade of gray, and they have so many gorgeous other colors to choose from. And of course, we love Caraway's ceramic that naturally slick surface means that you don't have to use much oil or butter and even food like eggs and other stuff that tends to stick to those pans. No, it slides right off that ceramic surface. So friends, go visit carawayhome.com awesome to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off of your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for you awesomes. So visit carawayhome.com awesome or use code awesome at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, we are back and we are talking all things books and reading, especially with a mind towards getting you ready for the summer reading season, whether you are headed to your local public library, if you're going to indulge your wish list that you've been building at your favorite bookstore or on Amazon, we've got you all set for your summer reading. So Katie, one thing that you and I both do love, we both love middle grade. We both love a young adult book. I've talked about young adult novels for years on Sort of Awesome. And I know we have a lot of awesomes who love that genre as well. So we've got a few picks. One is one that we have both read. This was a recent Awesome of the Week for me on my last episode of Midlife with Mindy and Meg. But I'm going to call it out again because it's a great summer read. And a lot of people, like when I talked about it, I thought, oh, this is like a little low-key under-the-radar discovery (laughs) (laughs) discovery that I made. No, that's not right. It was on Book of the Month, and those are usually pretty buzzy books. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. We're going to give it to you anyways. Meg thanks to all of us about this book. (laughs) And she was the first My discovery. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So again, this is Divine Rivals, and it's by Rebecca Ross. And this is the first selection I've read from Rebecca Ross, though this is not her debut, I don't think. I think she's got mm-hmm. a few others. The thing about this is, is it's kind of like a magical realism. Does mm-hmm. that feel right, genre-wise? Yeah, I would say at first it feels like I really thought we were in World War II. Yes. First. And yes. then they started talking about gods and goddesses. And I was like, oh, we are not in the actual world. <laughs> okay. okay. So I would agree good- with that. Even though I do think that their entire world is fantasy. Yes. So I'm trying to build this setting for you guys. It is like World War II meets Greek myth in the sense that the whole structure of the universe for Divine Rivals is that there's a mythology system. There are gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. And the mortals, the humans, believe that the gods have been tamed in a sense and have been put to sleep. But then it becomes apparent that two of the gods who are at odds with each other have awakened and they've started a war and they're bringing the humans into the war to be the soldiers, the people who are actually fighting the war for these god and goddess. And so in the midst of all of this, we meet our protagonist, our heroine, Iris Winnow. She's 18 years old. 
She's trying to kind of hold things together for her family. Her brother has gone off to war. Her brother, whom she adores, Hmm. she's so close to, has gone off to war. Her mother has fallen into depression and alcoholism and is not doing well with her brother being gone. She's an aspiring journalist. She takes a job at a newspaper and she's competing against a young man named Roman Kitt who's very handsome and Mm -hmm. very aloof and also (laughs) very talented. And so they have this rivalry going at work. One thing to know about Iris, and again, this is where the magical realism kind of comes in, is she has a magical typewriter that was given to her by her grandmother. So she types up these letters and she thinks that she's kind of just pouring all of her thoughts and feelings and emotions to her brother, like letters to her brother. And she puts them in her closet. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I it's remember. like a wardrobe. She like tucks like her it wardrobe. Under. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the letters disappear, and she thinks they're going to her brother. And then one day she discovers, no, they're not. They're going to someone else who's been reading. And so as the story unfolds, you have more of the budding friendship and relationship between her and Roman. You meet a whole cast of characters, all very much related to what's going on. In the war, she ends up going to the war front to be a war correspondent. Mm-hmm. Roman follows her there. So you have this idea, divine rivals, in the sense that the big overarching thing that's happening is warfare and conflict between an actual god and goddess. So mm-hmm. it's like on the epic level that you have this tension, this relationship between Iris and Roman also as a driving part of the story. And this is the first in a series. And Katie, it ends on quite the cliffhanger, doesn't it? (laughs) That's what I was going to make sure we told people, like, (laughs) be prepared (laughs) that you're not going to quite get some closure at the end. She did this with her other book that I read, which was called A River Enchanted, which people really loved also last year. She did the same thing. You were like in this romance and then it was like, Okay, there's a book too. So good thing to know yes. going into that one. I guess we should note, I would say this is new adult because our characters, they're 18. It's kind of like in that blurry place between young adult and new adult, I feel like. Yeah, but it's pretty clean, I would say. I think I wouldn't yeah. have a problem handing it to a teenager, maybe. Yeah, there's definitely, there's romance there. There's mm-hmm. attraction. That's part of it. But I wouldn't say it's exactly wholesome, but it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For mature teens and older, I think it would be just fine. So I listened to this on audio Mm -hmm. via the Book of the Month app. Okay, so I need to know about that because I'm very picky about my audio apps and how, you know, you could speed things up and all of that. So please tell us all about the Book of the Month audio app because I've been intrigued but haven't tried it yet. Okay, I will say if you are new to audio, the Book of the Month app is perfectly fine. Okay. <laughs> it's a perfectly fine way to listen to audio. It has the basic functions that you would want, <laughs> <laughs> like play and stop <laughs> and pause, hopefully. <laughs> and pause. I can't remember. I guess I could open and look at it. I think it has 10 second forward, 10 second back. Let me open it up really fast. I will say, Katie, I have used Audible, which I know some people are sort of, we're on again, off again with Amazon and all of its companies, but I've used right. Audible for so many years, whether or not you like Amazon as a company, they have poured so much money into Audible, Mm -hmm. into the whole experience of it. I have to say the Audible app to me is the gold standard in terms of the functionality of it, the organization, most importantly, 
the speed up factor. When you Mm -hmm. speed up on Audible, you can speed it up quite a few notches and it still sounds normal, like normal normal speech. Mm -hmm. That has not been my experience so far with Book of the Month audio. I do think that, you know, this is a brand new part of their app. This is a brand new part of their experience. So I'm hopeful that it will continue to get better as time goes on. But yeah, the functionality so far is pretty basic. So I think if you're not picky about the listening experience, if you are not one, I know there's some people that are like, that's how I read so much. I just listen and I put it on pretty quickly. And that's a really important part of the listening and reading experience. I don't think that would be a great app for you. But if you're like new to audio or if you never speed up the audio, if you just want a straight audio player, Mm -hmm. like I said, it'll work just fine for you. Good to know. Good to know. And as I mentioned on that episode with Mindy, I'm looking forward to burning through these (laughs) book of the month credits. I have so many books. My daughter counted mine the other day, my unread ones, and it was offensive. So we're just going to. offensive. Yes. (laughs) And a couple of people pointed out to me, and I think Mindy even mentioned this, using those credits as gifts. And that is a great idea, except I get all in my head about what books people would like, and I get stressed out about that. And you can only order up to three books per box. Mm -hmm. And when you have as many credits as I do... (laughs) going to take a while. So I'm choosing to just be selfish. And I'm just like, look at all this audio I get to listen to yeah, this summer. <laughs> do it. I mean, I think it was a great pivot for them. Hopefully yes. The audio can work for like audio snobs. <laughs> I would yes. call myself an audio snob at this point. <laughs> yeah, so. I get it completely. So, okay. So you read Divine Rivals. What were your I thoughts? Did. I really liked it. I love the enemies to lovers. I think enemies to lovers trope is just the one, the only one that's going to work for me at this point because <laughs> I've tried yes. other romances and I'm like, meh. But this one is one that almost consistently works for me. I loved the letters. I loved the magic typewriter as a writer. That was awesome yes. for me. I thought a lot about... The Lovely War by Julie Berry. Have you read this one? No, I don't think I have. So Lovely War by Julie Berry is World War One, and it is Greek mythology. So you have your okay. normal Greek gods and goddesses that are like running things behind the scenes of World War One, And you have this people that are on Earth trying to deal with it. Got it. And, you know, Ares and Aphrodite and Hephaestus are like having this, you know, love triangle situation. And they're fighting yes. about all the things. That one is fantastic on audio. If you need like a World War I Greek mythology mashup, that was a good comp for this one. And I really liked Divine Rivals too. So I can't wait for the next one because I will be read. I really liked Iris and Roman together. So. Yes, me too. Me too. Okay. What else you got in the YA category? Okay. So this one is also brand, brand new. It's called Warrior Girl Unearthed by Angeline Bully. And she wrote, I don't know if you read The Firekeeper's Daughter. I was like last year or the year before. No, I feel like I have it in my Audible library waiting to be listened to. Yeah, I think it was a book of the month selection. This one was actually an add-on for book of the month this month, but I got it as an advanced listening copy. So I did it on audio. This is her second novel. Her first one was fantastic and it revolved around an indigenous community and there was a murder mystery and things that were happening and that was kind of more of a thriller, I would say trying to figure out who did this and all these things. She has a really great way of teaching us about problems that indigenous communities face without banging you over the head with it. So I really appreciate that about her. Mm. So Warrior Girl Unearthed tells the story of Perry Firekeeper Birch. So she's related to the girl who is the main character of Firekeeper's Daughter. So if you read that one, 
you'll recognize her name. Okay. They're like cousins. Mm-hmm. She's an Ojibwe teen, and they have to do some kind of internship for the summer. She has a twin sister who is the golden child. She's very smart and she's very, you know, on top of things. And Harry is kind of like, meh, I crashed my Jeep because I was driving too fast and my aunt is making me make up all this money. So she has to go find a job. So her first internship lands her at this museum with this guy who is a little bit quirky and kind of cantankerous. And he is all about reclaiming items, tribal items and ancestral remains from places outside of their community. So from their traditional lands, you know, bringing them into the tribal lands. And actually, I learned quite a lot about this law called NAGPRA, which is a federal law that was passed that tribal councils can ask for ancestral remains and sacred items to be returned to the tribe. And so that's a whole thing that's being done in the arts and antiquities and anthropology side of the world, which I didn't know much about. So that was really Mm -hmm. interesting to me. So she finds out that this college that's nearby, not on the reservation, and it's not a Native American college, it's just a college, but they have in their anthropology department, the remains of several ancestors, Ojibwe ancestors. And so she and this guy are working hard to get them back. Okay. They take them through a ceremony to bury them properly and just to like honor their ancestors because that's a big thing in their culture. So she does that. So this kind of turns into like a heisty situation because she has to do oh. things that are not quite legal because there are a lot of roadblocks in her way, including people with lots of money and lots of influence and all of that. So there's that. There's a romance kind of going through. There is also a lot of talk about missing and murdered indigenous women, which is a really tough part of this book. So I do want to say that there are lots of trigger warnings for sexual assault, sexual abuse, even murder. So that part gets a little bit sticky, but it's so good. And I think it's so important that we know about these things. So I really appreciate that she wrote this for our older teens. (laughs) And yes, that sounds fantastic. So again, that's Warrior Girl Unearthed. Yes. By Angeline. Yeah, and her name's Angeline, which I would not Angeline. have figured out. But I guess there's a website where you can go hear how oh. people pronounce their names. And so I learned that she was Angeline. <laughs> Bully. Okay, even more books and reading talk with me and Katie Proctor when we come right back. Hola, awesomes. Es verano. And summer means travel season. So if you have a summer trip planned abroad, my go-to hack for you is Babbel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or if you're embarking on your first adventure, communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture. And that is where Babbel comes in. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And that is thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons and there is still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. That's because with Babbel, you really only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. You can honestly start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks, and that's because Babbel's expertly crafted lessons are really built around real life. With Babbel, you can choose from over 14 different languages. I'm brushing up on my Spanish because I think it's fun. I, I don't think I have any trips planned outside of the country, but hey, you never know. Plus, Babbel could be really fun for kids to work with over the summer to pick up a new language themselves. With Babbel, in addition to your lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, even live classes. So awesomes, right now, get up to 55% off of your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash awesome. That's babbel.com slash awesome for up to 55% off of your subscription. Babbel, 
Language for Life. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. I told you during our last commercial break that I'm changing up the list a little bit because as we were talking, I remembered, I think it was last year that you told me about a YA book that you thought I would really like. I read it. I don't even know if I followed up with you and I'm almost positive I haven't talked about on Sort of Awesome because I can almost just barely talk about it without crying. I know it's so good. (laughs) But I do think it would be a good summer read. It's not a bummer. We'll pull at your heartstrings kind Mm -hmm. of crying. But I think it'd be a good summer read and I will tell you why. So the book is called What I Carry and it's by Jennifer Longo. And this book, Bless Its Heart and Bless Jennifer's Heart came out at the end of January of 2020. So it's a little backlist at this point, but I just feel so bad for authors who like had been like their whole thing, like they have a book coming out and then it's 2020. I think that because of the timing, this one has been a little under the radar. It's so Mm -hmm. underrated. People should be talking about this. I'm so glad you put it on my radar, Katie. So What I Carry is a young adult book that tells the story of a young woman named Muir. And Muir is named after the naturalist John Muir. which I love. so, (laughs) yes. And Muir has grown up in foster care and has moved to many, many houses. And there's one thing that she has learned being a child growing up in the foster system is to pack light. Mm -hmm. And so every single thing that she has in her belongings is very important. It's very meaningful. And then she has collected some things, taken things with her along the way that are representative of different experiences that she's had with different families through the years. And so by the time we catch up with Muir, it's her senior year and she's been placed in another home. And this home and this community are different from her other experiences. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. It's so good. And I won't, just for the sake of time, I won't go into all of the details, but this placement is different. And we get to follow along with Muir throughout the story allows the reader to go back and she kind of gives flashbacks along the way of her different experiences. And it helps us to understand her reluctance Mm -hmm. to let her guard down and be accepted and to find home (laughs) in this last placement. And the reason I think that it would be so great for Summer is because she's named after John Muir, the naturalist, there's so much nature stuff in here, which is, I think, why you put this in my hands, uh, right? Yes, yes. So much walking in the woods and so much noticing all the things. And I loved that part of it, for sure. As someone who, for whom experiencing nature is such a spiritual thing for me, whether mm-hmm. it is a Oklahoma sunset or literally just walking the dog, but certainly walks through the forest. Not that we have a lot of forest here, but, you know, that's a spiritual component for me. So Jennifer Longo really masterfully weaves together this story so that you can experience a foster child's experience through her eyes and through her experiences, this blending in of nature and how all of that factors in. And then you have all of like these other issues that come in based on the experience of the Pacific Northwest. Like it's just so good. And again, we'll pull at your heartstrings, but so redemptive and Just, oh, my heart. I love it. I almost can't even find the words to talk about it. It's one of those that is like a perfect book for me. There's the nature, there's the found family, there's the, like you said, the reluctant person who lets their guard down and lets themselves be loved. And it's so good. I think I wept reading that book. I mean, mean, I'm still crying about it, obviously. (laughs) I can vividly remember standing in my kitchen, just tears Mm -hmm. pouring down my face as we hear through Muir her stories and like, 
gosh, it's so good, you guys. So if you do read it this summer, maybe be aware of your surroundings. You could be at the beach just like, maybe don't read it like, listen, in the produce section of the grocery store, because you will make it be embarrassed. (laughs) Don't do it in public. Do not read this book in public, but do read this book. Okay. So those were some YA selections. Let's go to mm-hmm. the other end of the spectrum with some more grown-up, spicier selections for the grown-up readers. Okay, so my romance picks. These are buzzy. You have seen them everywhere. This book is Happy Place by Emily Henry. You've seen it everywhere with the hot pink cover. And in fact, Meg, I remember talking to you about book lovers this exact time last year. So yes. Emily Henry is definitely a winner for me. This is a second chance romance. The characters are named Harriet and Wynne, and they have this amazing friend group. There are six of them. There are three couples. They are friends that are family. And every year they come to this main cottage to have like a friend pilgrimage almost where they spend the week together. Harriet and Wynne have not told their friends, however, that they are not together. So their friends are still operating under the assumption that they're engaged and together. And so, they, of course, they put them in a room together. It's like one of those only bed tropes, too. Mm-hmm. And they have to go through this week and they just decide we're just going to fake it till we make it. We're going to pretend. And then after we leave, we can tell everybody the truth. Of course, you know, things change with that. But yeah. I loved this one. Harriet is having a really hard time as a doctor has gone through all of medical school. She just does not love her job. And that's part of something that came between her and Wynn was, I think, just her unhappiness with her situation. And he actually moved back home to live with his parents. I think his dad is ill, I want to say. His dad had passed away. Yes. Okay. Recently. Yeah. So he was helping out with that. And so they just have a lot of things between them and they get to work through all of that under the guise of we're still together and our friends don't know. And so that was really fun, but also really tender. I think she does a good job with real feelings. Yes. She's telling you this fun, frothy, romancy story. Emily Henry, she's the darling of the summer read world. But what I think everybody loves about her books is, yeah, they're sexy. Very, very sexy. Mm -hmm. But you get this whole cast of characters. It's not just about our main characters, usually. Mm -hmm. And this one, I think. I agree with you. This is my favorite one yet because you get these really developed side characters. The dialogue is so snappy, so witty, like Mm -hmm. they're fully fleshed out characters, all of them. And this one, I think it might be her sexiest one yet. I listened on audio and there'd be times I'd be like, I gotta gotta make sure I push pause before I get in the car with my children. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The best part about second chance romance is This is the only other trope pretty much that works for me besides enemies to lovers. But the best part about second chance is that they already know each other's bodies and, you know, how to be with each other. And so you don't get that awkward fumbling part. They just fall back into it. And there's something so comforting about that for me. I don't know. I love that bit about it. Yep. This is a good one. I would say if you're looking for a really good and also sexy read for the summer, like get this one, Happy Place by Emily Henry. So good. For sure. She's my gold standard for the romance now, which means that unfortunately, other ones don't quite live up to her, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a couple more though. I did read Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez. And that one, Mm -hmm. she's usually a winner for me too. I really liked the last one that I read, Part of Your World. And then this one is in that same universe. So 
part of your world was about a doctor. This is also about a doctor who's friends with the main character from the other one. Her name is Brianna Ortiz. She's an ER doctor. So she's very high achieving. She's very motivated in her job. She's very good at it. She is up for promotion to become like the chief of the ER and because her boss is retiring. But he hires this guy named Jacob Maddox who (laughs) comes in and he's kind of awkward, but in the way that makes him seem like a jerk. So she immediately hates him. All the nurses immediately hate him. They're all against him because they all want her to be their chief. And now it seems like they're being pitted against each other. So one day, I think she's crying in the supply closet because the other side story of this is that her brother is dying of kidney failure and he is Mm. very young and he needs a kidney transplant. And so far, his blood type is weird and they haven't been able to find a match. Okay. So she's having a meltdown in the supply closet. He comes in, he kind of okay, I don't know. He tries to kind of help her out. They end up writing letters back and forth, which I love that part that reminded me of Divine Rivals, you know, the letter Mm -hmm. writing piece. There's no mystery about who it is. They know that they're writing to each other, but they form this really great friendship. And then this is not a spoiler because I think it's on the back, but he actually gets tested and is a match for her brother. So he agrees before he really is even friends with her. He agrees to give this man his kidney. And his mom had had a kidney transplant that saved her life. And so he wants to pay it forward. So they become friends. But then, of course, you know, there's lots more. There's also like a fake dating trope here because the reason he left his hospital is that his ex-girlfriend is engaged to his brother now. And so his family dynamic is a little bit weird. And he's like, I need a fake girlfriend. So she's like, I will be your fake girlfriend. I will be the fakest fake girlfriend of all times, you know. (laughs) And so... She lays it on thick with his family. And of course, you know, fake feelings turn into real feelings and all of that because it is a romance. And so this one was really cute. I liked the side story with a brother and witnessing all of that hard stuff that happens when you have someone who's terminally ill and how to help them through that kind of stuff and even the hope of getting a new kidney and all of that. So that part was great. So I liked this one a lot. So fun. You could get this one on audio from Book of the Month because it was a pick for May. So if you need to use one of those credits, you know. (laughs) Now I know. I am building my little Book of the Month wish list over there with the audio. So, so good. (laughs) So that was yours truly. Yes. Yours truly, Abby Jimenez. Did you have any other romance? I had one more. And I think this is a Jamie B. Golden pick. So if you've already heard her talk about this and This one's called The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. I have this. I've had this for months and I need to get into it. So maybe this will be my jumping off point. So I went into this one thinking this was YA. It is not YA. I just want to make it looks YA and it feels Mm -hmm. YA at first. It is not YA. This is totally in a fantasy world. So you have Hart. He's a marshal. His job is to like go to these outer lands and find these bodies that There's like some creature that will take the soul of a body if you don't find it soon enough and do something terrible with it. He has to bring the bodies into town and give them to the undertakers. And so Mercy is an undertaker, kind of. Her dad is going through some health things and is not able to run the business as he previously did. So she is pretty much on her own running this undertaking business, which is not really allowed because she's a woman in this society. Undertakers are sons. It's supposed to be, you know, so-and-so and sons are the undertakers. Oh, okay. Got it. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, Heart and Mercy do not get along with each other. They both have attitudes about each other. <laughs> they both 
They're very stubborn. And at some point, one of them writes a letter kind of into the ether, like, I need a friend who wants to be my friend. And this magical messenger person takes it, of course, to the other one. And so we get Mm -hmm. this back and forth and you get to see both perspectives. It is, I would say, a fantastical retelling of You've Got Mail. I will say that because they are definite enemies. One of them knows who the other one is. The other one does not. And they're writing back and forth. But there's this also fantastical element of the undertaking in the family business. And there's another business trying to take them over. And so she's having to deal with her siblings and her ailing dad and all of this stuff, all the while kind of hate loving this person writing to her. Okay. So it's a really fun, I really, really liked it. I know some people are like, oh, you've got mail again, but I really liked it for that. So I thought it was really fun and it's very spicy. I was like, oh, this is me doing my mascara. Like, oh, I'm getting a little sweaty in here (laughs) to turn that one off. (laughs) So I did want to say that too, but it's really, really fun. That one's called The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. Okay, so fun. This is such a great lineup if that is what you are looking for this summer. Okay, well, like I said, Katie, I get a lot of book talk material on TikTok. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I send them your way (laughs) because I know you're not on the TikTok. So, you know, there's really great recommendations. Book talk is a wild place. They are still obsessing over the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which that is old. <laughs> we are like, like when it came out in 2017. Yeah. And I hmm, loved it. In 2017, there was no TikTok. I would have loved to have talked to a lot of people about how much I loved that book <laughs> at the time. Now I'm like, you guys, like, move on. Okay. Like, there's, <laughs> we've heard it. Yes. The other thing they're still all very into is the Akatar series, which Rebecca just mm-hmm. mentioned, A Court of Thorns yes. and Roses. Lots of talk about that a lot, a lot, a lot. On book talk, maybe it's just my particular interest. I get a lot of romance and I get a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because I like romance and I like <laughs> fantasy. You can find corners of book talk where it's poetry, it's horror, it's thrillers, it's memoir. It's a little bit harder to find. I feel like the romance and fantasy or the crossover of romance and fantasy mm-hmm. like Akatar get a lot more views, but there really is something for everyone on book talk. I do want to say some of the big ones that I keep seeing over and over. The first one is a contemporary romance, a new adult romance called Icebreaker. It's by Hannah Grace, a debut novel, and it's pretty spicy. It is a sports college romance. Mm, Hockey. Yes, hockey and ice skating. So think back to the 90s movie, The Cutting Edge, and you kind of have a similar set up. We have a female main character who is an ice skater who's trying to get on Team USA for ice skating. We have a collegiate hockey team captain. That's our main romance. It is enemies to lovers. Mm. This book in reviews, it's all over book talk, reading reviews. This is a book, it's either a love or hate. Either you are super into the characters and love the whole setup, or you are like, what was all the buzz about? So it's going to be one or the other for you. But again, it's called Icebreaker. It's by Hannah Grace. Okay, that's fun. Okay, there's an author named Anna Huang who writes a lot of contemporary romance. A lot of her books are on Kindle Unlimited. So I see Anna Huang's books all the time, especially her Twisted series, which is Twisted Love, Twisted Games, Twisted Hate, and Twisted Lies, all on Kindle Unlimited, which we have not talked about that much. Katie, but if you pay for Kindle Unlimited and you're looking for a good series to start and you like romance and you like spicy, mm-hmm. go check out Hannah Huang's books because they're super popular. Now, here's one that is 
one of those fantasy romance crossovers that I'm seeing not just on Book Talk, but definitely on Book Talk. And that is Fourth Wing. Oh, yes. I've seen this everywhere. 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 (laughs) You guys, this is by Rebecca Yaros. It is the first in a series on Goodreads as we record, Katie. This has over 10,000 ratings at a 4.74. That never happens, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. And as we are recording, it's sold out everywhere. You can't get it at Target. You can't I get it am at so sad I didn't pick this up at Costco the other day because I saw it and I looked at it. It was very big and I was like, uh, maybe later. So now I'm so, so sad. It's kind of giving Game of Thrones, apparently. I haven't read it. I do want to get it. The book mm-hmm. itself is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So beautiful, pretty. beautiful book. So the setup is that we've got 20-year-old Violet who just wants to live a quiet life with her books and studying history. But there's a war going on. Why are we talking about war so much, Katie? I don't know. (laughs) It's a theme. I don't know. I guess people are writing about them a lot right now. I guess so. I don't even like war books, but here we are. (laughs) I loved a war book this year already. So maybe I'll love Fourth Wing too. It is a fantasy. So there's a war going on and Violet is forced to go to this war training school where you learn how to become a dragon rider. So maybe this is where Game of Thrones tie-in comes into or reference comes into, Mm -hmm. because apparently like there's a lot of dragon stuff in this book. (laughs) I've seen lots of comparisons to Harry Potter too, like an adult Harry Potter-ish situation. So that also got me intrigued. Because you do have a school and when Violet is there, she realizes like within the school sort of like... Slytherin versus Gryffindor. There's Mm -hmm. like rivalries within the school. And so, of course, there's a male main character who's part of the opposing school and there's romance going on here. I will tell you that on Goodreads, where again, it's we're at 4.74, which is just unheard of. One of the top reviews right now, the review starts with, if y'all see me on the news tomorrow, it's because I broke into this author's house and tried to steal the manuscript for the sequel. (laughs) I love it. So apparently it ends on a cliffhanger too. Okay, but good to know. I am definitely seeing Fourth Wing talked about everywhere, but I first heard about it over on Book Talk. So it looks so good. It's definitely on my list for summer too. If you want an epic read for the summer, right? Maybe go check out Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Okay, you have some that you're looking forward to that you haven't read yet. Yes. So one that just came out this past week is The One and Only Ruby by Catherine Applegate. I know this is middle grade. A lot of us have loved the one and only Ivan. It's now been made into a movie on Disney, I want to say. And there was a sequel a couple years ago called The One and Only Bob, who is it's about the dog. And so The One and Only Ruby is about the elephant that Ivan ended up helping get into like a wildlife sanctuary after they left their little mall that they were in. So I can't wait to read this. My daughter is angry that I have left it on my nightstand for too long because she's like I need this book mom hurry up so so cute (laughs) I'll probably let her read it first but it's one that I've been looking forward to up to a long time another one this is totally in the opposite direction this is one of those literary books that will probably make me feel things and it's very long it's like 31 hours on audio it's a big thick book but this is called the covenant of water by Abraham Verghese Verghese, I think. And he wrote Cutting for Stone. I don't know if you read that one like years ago. This is the only book after that one. Okay. I can only imagine how much time and research and effort he put into this book because it's a big book. And I've already heard from people that I trust that it is lovely. I do think that there's a lot of death and it's like a big sweeping literary 
epic family story. And I think the setup, if I'm remembering correctly, is that every generation in this family, somebody drowns. And so they're trying to figure out why that happens and how to stop it and all that kind of stuff. And so this is going to be a nice, big, long one that you can kind of sink into. We're going on a two-week RV trip and I'm going to take it with me, even though it's humongous. I'm just going to read a little bit every day. That's my plan for that one. I can't wait for it. And one for fun is called The Adventures of Amina Al-Sirafi by S.A. Chakraborty. This was a book of the month pick. And it's like feminist pirate adventure. They're going to find a kidnapped daughter of a king and she's being paid to do this. And there's like a giant octopus or kraken or something on the cover. So that one looks really fun. I don't know that I've read a pirate book necessarily, (laughs) but I'm excited about this one. And then the last one that I actually just started this morning is called The Sun and the Star by Rick Riordan. This is the 17th book in the Percy Jackson world. So I am a teacher and so have kept up with all of the Percy Jackson books because I love them. And so he took one of the side characters from Percy Jackson and his name is Nico D'Angelo. He's a son of Hades. He's gay. And we find that out kind of toward the end of the series. And his boyfriend is named Will Solace and he's the son of Apollo. So they're could not be different. We've got son of the underworld, son of, you know, son. Yes. So they're together. But in this one, which I think is on the more YA side instead of middle grade, mm-hmm. they together go on a quest to Tartarus to rescue a beloved character. If you have read the rest of it, I'm sure that teenagers are like, oh my gosh, give me this book right now if they have read the rest of them. Yes. But they go back into Tartarus to rescue somebody and that's their quest. So I want to just say this, Rick Riordan does a fantastic job with representation and championing authors who are not, you know, your straight white Christian dudes, Mm -hmm. right? So he actually partnered up with a queer writer to write this book. So they co-authored it. Yeah. Yeah. So we can, you know, have a really authentic experience from Nico's perspective. So I love that. Love it. I'm really excited. I already listened to like 10% this morning and I'm super into it. So (laughs) I'm really excited about that. So good. Oh my gosh, Katie, every single time we talk about books, <laughs> I'm just so invigorated and Me too. so much good stuff. Okay. First of all, thank you for preparing all of this, for getting our awesome summer reading off to a great start. And I mentioned at the top of the show, but tell us again, best places to find you on social media where we can find your books, just all of the things. Instagram is my favorite place at Katie Proctor Writes and Reads. I'm also at Facebook. It's Katie Proctor Author, I think, is my page. Everything pretty much from Instagram goes over there. But I love to talk about books on Facebook, too. And my books, you can find wherever you can order books. So Color Coded just came out in March. And then My Story Dear and Hand in Hand are also out there for the world. So, so great, you guys. We are so fortunate to have Katie author, reader, teacher, all of the things (laughs) to come and be our books and reading specialist. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find Sorta Awesome on whatever platform you are on. Just by searching Sorta Awesome, we would love to have you there. Again, you guys go over and join us in the Hangout because we talk about books plenty over there as well. Yes, please do. Yes, we would love to have you over there. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. 
sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 